Hi guys, this is Paul Capon from the Innovation Community. Today, I'm here with Bijou Misra from Enbridge. He's been a senior IT and business transformation leader there for some time now. Great to have you with us, Bijou, all the way from India. Uh, thank you, Paul. Thank you for the, uh, for the chat. Great. So uh, just to start with, tell us a bit about yourself in a, in a few words. Uh, yeah, I have uh, about 20 years of experience in uh, project program delivery and operational excellence. Probably about half of that has been in uh, large uh, transformation programs. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I'm passionate about moving uh, people, teams, organizations from where they are today to where they aspire to be. And that's one of the areas that I uh, focus a lot on. Mm. And where did your data career really start? Yeah, you know, it's, it's an interesting question. Um, I would say probably in the late 80s, uh, believe it or not, when there was the starting of geographical information systems. And uh, what intrigued me was this notion of having digital maps um, that had attribution and being able to relate those maps and layers of information to drive business outcomes and uh since that and you know i was just getting out of uh high school getting to university uh then i kind of pursued that and uh ever since uh, it's always been fascinating for me as to the things that you can learn from connecting pieces of information yeah and you, you jumped into my second question there what really interests you about working with data can you can you expand on that a little bit sure and, you know, if I look at the, the start of it, one was, you know, how do you relate information together and what is it that you want to know? So, for example, uh, you know, after, uh, after university, uh, I was part of a couple of startups in that same space where we actually used mapping information, location information to drive, you know, site selection, for example, or, you know, where do you put a bank compared to its competitors? Or where do you put a cellular tower compared to, you know, what the signal that you wanted and the reach that you wanted to have and the zoning requirements that were there. So that notion of connecting pieces of information that may be across an ecosystem and really translating that to an outcome is what I really got into. Because I thought, besides just printing out things that you can kind of look at, if you could actually build decision support systems that they used a foundation of uh, data to drive a business outcome is what really kind of intrigued me as I went through my career. And that still continues today uh, when I work in large enterprises. So places like Cambridge or other places, I've worked in public sector as well. Mm. Um, it's, it's just, a, um, it's not, it's over and above reports. That's what I would say. It's the decision support systems that really intrigued me about it and using that as a foundation. Mm, yeah, interesting. And, you know, we, we touched on your career with Enbridge, you know, very application heavy, yes. then IT, and, and now on the transformation side. What are some of the major right. successes that you've achieved, you know, not just at Enbridge, but elsewhere as well? Sure. I mean, uh, transformation doesn't uh, always come in big packages. At least that's been my career. I think even small things can have big impact, and big things can also have a small impact. Uh, the question is, you know, if you define transformation as, you know, how are you different when you're done compared to when you started? Uh, over my career, I've 
I've had that experience across the board. Uh, even in the early stages of my career where uh, we were you know, building routing or site selection systems uh, using data, uh, that was transformation because the businesses we're working with were actually changing how they were going to operate. Uh, and that was, you know, and there's a common theme in these. Then when I got mm. into the public sector, it was the same. Uh, just the, the context is different uh, because there you're worried about taxes, you're worried about, you know, land, you're worried about all these other things. Uh, that that uh, And, you know, how do you get those aspects of, a, of an organization to be better, faster, cheaper? Um, and, you know, how do you execute on that? And there was an, of course, in Embrace, there's lots of other projects that we've done, I've done, led or been involved in that actually moves the company from a capability perspective. The challenges are similar. The challenges are, you know, do you really have as an organization uh, sort of an end state that you want to achieve, which is what is it that you need to be what you aspire to be? And, and that's the thinking part. You know, a lot of people get into kind of execution of it because they have lots of ideas, but the thinking part is the hardest part. Uh, and, and that I've found across the board. And those are the common challenges where you actually just have to stop and think, what is that you want? Why do you want it? And what does that world look like? And that's where you can do it internally, get consultants, outside mm. help, outside ideas to really fundamentally decide what it is and how will you be different? Uh, once you have that, then the other challenge is how do you move an organization from where you are today to where you want to be in that journey and being able to explain that as you go? Um, what I find a lot of organizations do is they kind of delegate that. And actually, it's a very leadership kind of a question, a leadership activity, which is leaders of organizations have to be in the front of that change. You know, change just doesn't happen because somebody else does it. Change happens because people are able to relate to what I'm saying because I've been there and with them and in the same role, perhaps, or in the same context. And I can explain to them why that change is important and why that change is required, the context around it, and how the end state will benefit everybody. And that's usually, you know, there's underlying fear in these kinds of transformations or projects where people are generally afraid because they don't fully understand. And, and it's the leader's job to make them understand, right? So those two parts I find are the two you know, thinking and the execution. And in the execution is how do you move the firm and the company and the, and the people in it? Yeah. Yeah, both along the, the, the same thing of people there. How are you currently leveraging technology to your advantage? And, and what effects do you think that it will have over the, the next few years on, on the transformation or um, you know, IT landscape, let's say? Sure. Uh, I think this is one of those periods in history uh, where uh, the rate of change of technology, and I've kind of you know, written and posted about those things, rate of change of technology is faster than the adoption or absorption by companies and businesses to do that. So at a point where it was very business-centric and business-driven, uh, which is still true, uh, but the... But what's possible by using technology where your business model may actually change as a result of what's out there is actually very possible today. So when we look at leveraging technology, we kind of say, well, again, it goes back to the thinking part, right? It is, what is it that you want and why do you want it? And when you look at how to achieve it, 
you know, technology plays a bigger role today than ever before. And whether that's, you know, whether that's in asset management, whether that's in customer, whether that's in finance, supply chain, I mean, and this is true for all companies, nothing unique mm. to, to Embridge, right? That's a common thing. Uh, so, you know, a lot of times today, I think you have to look at both. You have to look at what is it, what does the business model look like? And you have to kind of, you know, this notion of digital transformation also has a pillar that says, you know, you can put technology in the center of the universe and say, how will that technology fundamentally change my business model that makes it better, faster, and cheaper for me to operate or execute, right? And if you look at the emergence of everything, uh, look at blockchain, you know, virtual reality, augmented reality, you just kind of go on and on, uh, you know, smart networks, uh, these will change. And these are those elements of technological change that are happening that may, that could actually change how you operate. Um, and you always have to be to look at that, look at of those things. So if you're doing a business technology roadmap today, and that looks at business strategy and technology strategy and you mix it all together and say, this is what the next you know three years looks like, um, then I don't think you have a choice today. I think you have to consider what's possible that maybe you had thought not probable and how that changes how you operate. And that's transformation. It's kind of core sense. Yeah. And, and those are some very good aspects of the whole transformation process. And I think that in your own experience, you, you, you must have some, some experience in, in terms of engaging and communicating with the senior leadership team, because that can be the first hurdle, right? What are some of the ways that you, yes. you do that? Yeah. You know, uh, very early in my career, um, you know, having the privilege of working with some really senior people. Um, it was always, I was always kind of told and taught to, uh, you know, engage early, really understand the, the business they're in and kind of meet them where they are. So understand sort of what their issues and challenges are more than just, you know, what keeps you up at night. That's a, like a very kind of generic common question to really kind of mm-hmm. drill down to really understand. And then we, transparent about what that actually means um and yeah you know the, you, you can the truth will always set you free so transparency honesty you know bad news early uh those are the things that you know i've always used and they've always worked uh, because i've never had any executive tell me that those are bad things you know everybody wants to know the more you understand the context of the business and the and what's actually happening around them, I think the better you are able to relate to that and better perhaps they'll be able to relate to you when you talk about why that change is important. Um, so you have to do more of the work for sure because they're the ones in a different position and you have to kind of get them to where you think the company can be and can benefit. Hmm. Yeah, okay, makes sense. And uh, I think that the that you've had that experience early on in your career and it seems to have, uh, have served you well. Uh, yeah, it's, it's always a good thing. Uh, I found that. I think, you know, the, the thing about transformation or change or project delivery or any work that we do, you know, the truth will always come out. It always will because uh, there's no hiding from it, you know. Uh, laws of nature, laws of physics always come into play in the end. And you can only do so much. So it's better to be transparent from the beginning than to get caught in the end. It's not yeah. a good place to be. Yeah. Hmm. 
Very interesting. And, you know, we've talked a lot about the, uh, the successes that you've had over at Enbridge and elsewhere, but where are you seeing the biggest opportunity for improvement right now? Uh, right now, I think uh, across the board, I mean, I speak to you know, lots of other leaders across industry verticals, just because of connections and getting to know people. And uh, I think the, the biggest opportunity for improvement is to actually look at, look at, uh, you know, whatever the market forces may be, look at where you want to be in a holistic way. Uh, and the thinking part is the hardest part. You know, today I think doing is, is easier. Uh, because that's a function of time, people, money. Uh, and if you're able to kind of work through that, you can get a lot of things done. But really getting to the core at the beginning and to set things up properly, so set up program, programs properly, you know, that requires governance and team and attitude and agility and then sort of a culture that you have to build. I think that that's always a good area of, um, for companies to be better at. Uh, and the other one is, you know, really to do the thinking, um, thinking at a time and, and really, um, you know, strategy is meant to, to help you dominate your marketplace. That's why it exists. Uh, and it's not meant to be kind of very obscure fluff kind of a thinking. So the more thinking you do in the front end of what it is that you want and how to get there. Uh, I think that's always an opportunity because organizations are big. There's lots of people and lots of teams and lots of organizations and trying to pull all that together into one unifying force is tough. I mean, I, you know, that's, so my comments aren't criticism, criticism of organizations. It's just, it's a lot of work to pull people together and move them in a common direction. And for organizations to know when to be directive, when not to be, when to be inclusive, et cetera, is really important because depending upon what you're trying to do, there's different types of leadership styles that are required to be successful. Yeah, and I think, uh, so I think that's an opportunity for us. I, I was going to say another aspect of that is uh, actually implementing change when times are good rather than when times are bad and it becomes a perfect storm of, you know, business isn't in the yeah. right place. We don't want to do the transformation. Those two things are aligned yeah. as well. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's interesting when you look at, uh, if you look at, let's say software is an asset. Uh, and, and that, I mean, look at what's sort of happening as people move to the cloud or software as a service, right? I mean, lots of people had choices before where you could put off an upgrade and so on. And a lot of companies did. They put off until the end, then you have these massive programs that are time consuming. But even, even in a software as a service, that actually doesn't really change because you, know, you can have features turned off Every time, you know, something, an upgrade or something happens. And eventually, you know, if you're not methodical about implementing those changes as you go, you'll have a different kind of a technical debt where there's all these features and functions that are available. You haven't turned it on because you're busy doing other things. And when you get to release number four and you're like, I wish I could do that, you won't be able to do it because you hmm. didn't do one, two, and three, Right. So the discipline of doing is still the same, regardless of where you are, whether it was on-premise or cloud or whatever. So it's very easy to, uh, to your point, um, to put things off and then you're stuck doing this massive program, which takes away people, takes resources, is difficult to do, takes a lot of time, 
is disruptive to the organization. So, you know, regardless of what it is, you still have to keep up, you know, do, doing the things. And that's another one. Uh, software as a service is a great example where new features and functions will come as, as the industry matures in, across the board, whether it's in finance, supply chain, HR, pick one. And you really should look at those upgrades and enhancements and say, you know, how would my business model change if I were to do this? Like, what would I want to do and what could I do that I hadn't really thought about because the capability exists now? And, you know, credit to the suppliers, the vendors and the software providers who are just pumping things out. That's great. But that goes back to the fact that the rate of change of technology is faster than adoption. And that's something that organizations across the board will have to grapple with. And I think their competition or the competitive landscape in many verticals will determine that. Because if you're not doing that, uh, then you'll be left behind. Yeah. Yeah, just like the, uh, the Kodaks, you know, weren't willing to sacrifice their camera business for the new digital camera. And, you know, it's a company that doesn't really retail anymore. Um, what's the biggest mistake yeah. you made during your career? Um, I think early on, definitely, I didn't, um, you know, I didn't fully appreciate uh, the impact of change, I would say. And that's because I've always been kind of moving uh, places. I did part of my high school in Japan. I Then I finished it in Brooklyn, Massachusetts. I went to university in Kansas. I was in a startup in Pittsburgh. And, you know, it was one thing after another. So my... Um, my notion of what change was, was really, what's the big deal? Like, why is this so hard? Uh, and, but, you know, I've, after a couple of really bad uh, <laughs> implementations, <laughs> I started to really learn saying, you know, and that's the notion of kind of being more empathetic as you go, is that everybody has a different way of dealing with change. And from a leadership perspective, part of that is to understand what, why that is and how you can meet them where they are so that you can take that journey together. And they'll be different for different people. Um, and I think you have to have it. You have to have it. Uh, fully knowing that if you want to be better and faster, that you need all the people to, to go along. And I think that was, a, that was, that was early learnings, um, some mistakes, um, but definitely more aware. You know, self-awareness is really important. I think mm -hmm. in these transformations and delivery, you, know, you kind of have to know who you are and the impact you can have on people around you. So, yeah, that's, I, would, I would say that's one of the things that, that really got me. And, you know, throughout the, all of the transformations that you've done, what's the best piece of advice you ever received? Uh, best piece of advice for uh, on the transformation or just on delivery side has been really understand the context. I really understand the context. I was working on a work and asset management transformation that we're doing. And, uh, you know, one very senior leader told me, hey, you know, this, this kind of stuff impacts people in the field. Uh, so you should go spend time with people in the field to really understand, you know, what it is they do and how they do it and why they do it. Um, and, and that was different for me. Uh, only because when I did that, I fully understood the 
like why something is happening. In many cases, you know, as a project team, we ended up advocating for a lot of the changes we thought would actually make life easy, which is very, which is very, um, which is very easy to do in sort of a project office because you can, you don't fully understand. You kind of say, well, I don't know why somebody would do that. Well, taking time to understand why that is is really important. And I think that that's made a lot of differences in kind of how I think about things. Uh, you know, kind of the way I critically think about information I look at, uh, features function, processes that I look at. Um, I have a very different perspective as a result of that, and I think that was great advice for me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, what are you looking forward to in the future? Because we took, you've spoken a lot about the previous transformations, you know, the current mindset, how to change that. But looking forward, what, what really interests you at the moment? Yeah, I uh, I really enjoy uh, driving change. That's kind of my thing. Uh, whether that's you know within individuals and teams, so I'm like a performance coach as well for that reason. Because I think uh, to really be successful, even at an organizational level, you do have to start with the person or people or teams, and teams then kind of catapult the other way. Uh, so, you know, any, anything that I come across, any work that I come across where it's, you know, how do you go from point A to point B is what excites me. It's what I'm passionate about. And that's all the way from a personal level to an organizational level. And uh, I think as technology changes, as business models change, as consumer behavior changes, it's all change. And today, I think to survive, uh, I think you have to go more beyond, beyond kind of saying, well, change is constant. Mm, that's maybe true, but how you really internalize that and how that turns into a game plan, how that turns into an overall strategy that makes you win, uh, how that shapes your vision that you want to achieve and got to get there. And what does that actually mean in, in, the, in the environment they're in is what's really interesting to me. And, and I spent a lot of time trying to learn how different industries work that way because they all have different pressures and they're all in a different way. Um, you know, even today, I mean, if you look at the energy sector, there's lots of things that are happening, right? I mean, who would have thought Tesla cars would be real, really? Um, and who would have thought that, yeah, renewables will take more, become more prominent than perhaps they are today? You know, consumer behavior is changing in many ways that perhaps people didn't anticipate. And there's also generational workforce shift that's happening where people want different things. And that's all change. Right? That's all change. And how you translate that change to companies to be successful in a marketplace is what I'm really interested and passionate about. That's what gets me up in the morning. Yeah, and I think that a lot of people don't actually have a, a driver uh, that does that. So it's, it's really glad, glad to hear that, that, that you do. Um, do you have a favorite thought leader, author, influencer, and also a favorite quote from them? Sure. Tim Ferriss comes to mind. Um, to me, he's just simplicity of thought um, points uh, sort of not not everything's not complicated I think uh, if anything I've kind of picked up from that is you know in the, in the bigger picture a lot of times if you think about things you worry about or things you struggle with they're not really that hard and they're not really that important there's only a handful of things the 80-20 rule applies even in life there's only 20% of things that make the big difference and understanding what the 20% is really important so you know uh, tools of Titans. I just started reading that, you know, tribes and mentors again, some good stuff out there. 
um, good to listen to. And, and there's a lot of a long list of uh, people, but I, I follow him for sure. Um, and the other question was, sorry? Uh, a favorite quote, maybe from that book. A favorite quote. Yeah. Uh, well, it wasn't, it's not so much from a book. It's kind of what I've uh, thought about is uh, I think in, in all of this, because uh, transformations or work in general is, is hard to begin with. Uh, my favorite quote would be that you should live your truth was that you should really understand and do your homework and understand what is true to you and uh, really make all the effort to live that and, and preach it, but be open to the fact that you could be wrong and that's okay. So living your truth, I think, is probably the quote I would say is most important. And last question, what advice would you give for aspiring leaders in data and business transformation for that matter? Uh, understand the story. I, I wouldn't even, uh, when you start these things, I wouldn't even spend a lot of time you know, thinking about governance structures and all these things that people get caught up in. It's really understand the story and understand the story you want to write and how that'll change. Um, that is worth time spent. And knowing your stakeholders and seeing the world from their perspective, I think is what is really important, knowing what the pain points are from their perspective, not from what you think is important from everybody else, and being able to throw it on the wall and say, what does all this tell us? And, and start drawing you know, what good looks like when you're done. I think once you have that, then it's easier to uh, build plans, build teams, build a culture, uh, fully appreciating the fact that as you embark on that journey, things may change and you will uncover new things and there will be, you know, difficult times, but that's okay because at least you'll know your version of what good looks like. Uh, And this is not, it has nothing to do with, you know, anything. It has nothing to do with program team structure governance. It has to do everything with thinking to spend the time thinking, but do it, be agile and do it quick. That'd be my thing. Don't, don't take forever to do it because the world around you is changing so fast that if you take too long, what you thought about will just be old. You won't be as competitive as before. Yeah. Constantly adapting mindset from Piju Misra. Yeah, well, he's not. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, it's interesting. Like, yeah, agile transfer, agile agility, agile methodology. I think, you know, it's, methodology is one, but agility in your thinking is really important. That's that's true agility. Is how you think about stuff, and how how quickly you can adapt and change and get on with it. Yeah. Great last words there, Bijou. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for the chance.